Good morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning service. I realize many today are beginning to transition back into a church setting, and we're thankful for that. But if you're with us today, we're just really pleased to have you along. I hope that you have had a blessed week this week. I hope you have many things to be thankful for. And as we begin our service, we always want to begin with prayer requests. So if you're watching today and you have a prayer request, just say remember me or whatever you feel like placing in the in the live comments. And I know it would I know it will influence and bless others and possibly lead others to do the same. So please participate today in our broadcast and worship and praise and comment and just be right here with us in spirit and in truth in God's Word. The restrictions have been, are being lightened more and more every couple of weeks and with that becomes tensions and fear. And we want to we want to address those. We want to pray for those. For everyone's tensions, for the fears that some may be having. I want you to know that we're praying for you. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God wants to reach into your heart and life and comfort you in many, many ways. All you have to do is reach out to them. Likewise, this morning, maybe maybe you've never been to an online live service. This is taking place from my study. Usually, I conduct services with McDowell Missions at the John Thompson Center and the Friendship Room. Because of the lockdowns, we're no longer able to be there. So we do Facebook Live for their benefit and for anyone else who may want to attend. Welcome. So this morning, what do we have with prayer requests? Well, this is Memorial Day. We want to remember that. We want to give a a thank you to all who have given their life in service to our country for the sake of our freedom. We want to reach out to those families this morning. We want to say thank you for sacrificing a loved one, for allowing that loved one to go into battle, for allowing that loved one to carry the torch of freedom. We want you to know that we love you and that we pray for you this morning. We lift you up because we know this is a very difficult day for you. Later in the day, today my wife and I will go visit my father's grave and my grandfather's grave. My grandfather was a veteran of World War One. My father a veteran of the Korean War. We will likewise place memorials there for this year. Many of you will be doing likewise today. Let's pray for one another during this time of this heartfelt time today. Also, many today are struggling with sickness, disease, frustration, economic problems. And the list can go on and on. 
we want you to know that we remember you in our prayers also. We want you to know that we love you, that God loves you, that Jesus Christ died for you. He is there for you, to comfort you, to help you, to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you. Will you lean on Him today? Will you reach out to Him? Will you call upon Him? He wants to be there for you right now. So as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, let's remember these and anything that you have on your heart and on your mind today. Let's remember today in Memorial Day, let's remember Jesus Christ. Let's thank Him for the sacrifice He made on Calvary's cross that we may have eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of coming to you in prayer, for the privilege of opening your word, for the privilege of joining with all of the brothers and sisters in Christ that are around me this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to stand and to share your word today. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you have given. We thank you for all of the healing that has taken place across this land. Lord, we pray for revival this morning, revival across America, revival across this world. Heavenly Father, we pray that those today that need Jesus Christ would come to him as Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that those who have strayed away today would renew their walk with the Lord and renew their fellowship with Him and their faithfulness in following Him. Heavenly Father, we pray that Your Word would not return to You void, but that it would accomplish all that You have purposed it to do. Now, Heavenly Father, bless it. Put it in the people's hearts. Hide me behind the cross that I would not be seen, but that Jesus Christ would be lifted up and that He would draw all men to Him. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you will do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, we're going to return back to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 2. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness, and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sin. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. 
I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now remember last week, we spent our entire time talking about Jesus being the Son of God. John the Baptist came as his forerunner, we call him. Now this is very important and very need we it's necessary we understand John the Baptist's role. You see, prior to John the Baptist, there had not been a prophet in Jerusalem for 400 years. 400 years without anyone preaching the Word of God. 400 years without anyone proclaiming the coming of Christ. 400 years without anyone giving warning to those around to repent. 400 years of silence. In that time, people became more wicked. In that time, they become more distanced from God. In that time, religion and the temple services and sacrifices became very corrupted. In that time, the office of the high priest and the priesthood of the temple become very political and become very indoctrinated into the ways of Rome. In that time, the sacrifices at the temple seem to have lost their their favor with God. Now I'm not saying it was that way with every individual person. I'm sure there were faithful individuals. People who knew God. People who knew the teachings of Scripture. Uh, people of old who had passed it down from generation to generation. And I am sure that there were a remnant of God's people that were very active during this time. But the, the, the reality of, of God's house and God's purpose through that house and through the priesthood, all of that had been corrupted. And now we have John the Baptist. And John, here Mark talks about John the Baptist from Malachi chapter 3 where he says it is written in the prophets behold I will send my messenger before thy face. Speaking of the fact that God is going to send a messenger before the Messiah preaching the preparation of the way. This was John the Baptist. I know many of you watching know the story. But let's be refreshed of it today. Let's let it speak to our heart and renew us. Because there is always God's will being worked out in our life. None of us are above being refreshed and renewed by the message that comes from God's people, from God's man, to God's people for the purpose of bringing people close to Jesus Christ. Whether it's a saving relationship, whether it is a reviving relationship, still today, God is sending people to preach 
his word. I am I feel privileged and humbled to be one of the ones he's called. But I am one of many, and by no means do I feel like I am of any stature among God's people. But nonetheless, he has called me, and he has placed me in front of his word. And it is his word I desire to bring to you. Not an opinion, not a popularity contest, not any of those things, but the word of God. Just as John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ, preparing the way, he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and he said, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. That was John the Baptist's purpose, to make straight the paths, not with the Lord, but to make them straight with the people that he was preaching to. He was calling the people of Judea and Jerusalem to get into line and prepare to hear this message that was coming. John the Baptist was telling them to get ready to get right. John the Baptist was telling them to prepare their hearts and their lives for the calling of the Lord upon their heart. This morning it would do you and I good to prepare our hearts for the calling of the Holy Spirit on our heart today. Because you see, we have the Word of God that will speak to us and the Holy Spirit of God that will bring that Word into our heart and will bring it depth. But are we preparing ourselves according to God's Word? You see, John baptized repentance. He baptized repentance. He called people to repent. And he baptized them as a symbol of that repentance. Let's spend a moment on repentance. Repentance is not being sorry for something. Repentance is not being sorry we were caught in something. Repentance is knowing that we realize that we are wrong in God's eyes. It is a deep soul searching event. Repentance comes down deep within our soul and it calls our heart to come to call out to God. It, call, it asks us and brings us to God to say, I want to change. God, I don't want to do this anymore. God, I don't want to be that person any longer. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It doesn't matter if we're talking about lying and cheating and stealing. Or if we are talking about fornication, adultery, pornography, prostitution, sexual immorality of any time, any kind, including homosexuality and lesbianism and any, any sexual immorality according to the Word of God. 
It makes no difference. It makes no difference what we're talking about. If we feel and have a genuine calling in our heart to repent, then we need to fall upon our face in front of God and tell God we don't want this life anymore. To the drug addict. To the drunk. To the, to the, to the men and the women who are, who are living in a, in a bad relationship or who are living in, in a sinful relationships. It doesn't have to end there. It can be in the beginning of something new. Now realize I'm stepping into some very touchy areas with a lot of people this morning. But it is the Word of God. And I told you from the beginning that's what I'm preaching. Friends, God wants us all to repent. Christian, that includes you and I. God wants us to repent. Too many of us are holding hypocrisies in our heart. Too many of us are living by double standards. One standard that we apply to ourselves and one standard that we apply to others. God is calling us to repent. He's calling us to realize what He already knows. That we are living in sin and that He's calling us to repent of it. And we need to understand and that it needs to hurt us as much as it's hurting God so that we fall on our face and say, God, I no longer want to be a part of this life. I want something different. We need to understand repentance today. There is no salvation apart from repentance. We can talk about salvation until the cows come home. But if we're not talking about repentance in the same breath, we're missing the first step. Because when we look at Mark's Gospel, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That word for does not mean in place of or baptism as the remission of sin. No, it doesn't. The word for means that the repentance is pointing to the remission of sin as the next step as the next part in the process. Now often, and as it should be, these things actually overlap one another and they take place simultaneously and that is good. And that is necessary. But repentance must come first and then comes the remission of sin because it is Jesus who brings the remission of sin. John the Baptist saved no one. This preacher saves no one. 
Any of the most famous preachers in history, they saved no one. Billy Graham saved no one. We all preached repentance for the remission of sin so that Jesus Christ could come into their heart and life and cleanse them with his blood. Could write their names in the Lamb's book of life. He was the one who remitted their sin. He remitted my sin. And if any of you out there have a testimony of salvation, it is because Jesus Christ remitted you of your sin. The sin that you repented of. Now, does that mean that we don't have our moments when we fail God? Absolutely, we have them. I would be a liar if I told you I didn't. But I do understand the privilege and the beauty and the grace and the mercy of repentance and, and what it does in my life and what it can do in your life. That's why I'm preaching this message as passionately as I am today. It's not to be judgmental of anyone, but it is because I understand the grace and the mercy of repentance and the beauty of it. And I understand what it can accomplish in your life. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to experience it. I want you to experience God reaching into your heart and massaging it to understand His will and His purpose for you. And you seeing that same problem that He sees and you falling upon your face and you knowing what it is like to call out to Him and tell Him, God, I don't want this anymore. I want to move from it. And to know that Jesus will remit you of your sins once you call upon Him and ask Him to do so. Acknowledge your need to change and your desire to repent. And call upon Jesus for the remission of sin. And all be done in one simple prayer. Oh, what a beautiful time it is. Oh, what a wonderful experience it is to know that you're a child of the King of Eternity, to know that you are part of the Bride of Christ, to know that you are a saint of God, to know that you're forever protected and hidden in His love and mercy and grace, to know that the preciousness of this Word can ever speak to you in a, in a mighty and in a powerful way to know that it now becomes personal in your heart and in your life. Well, we see that when John the Baptist came to preach, he didn't come dressed in any particular fashion. And he didn't come under the pomp and circumstance of the Pharisees. You see, John, even though his father was a temple priest, and John by lineage had access to that, God had a different path for John the Baptist. See, God wanted John the Baptist preaching repentance for the remission of sin, not following what was getting ready to be replaced. So John came out of the wilderness dressed in 
in the rough clothes of his day and eating locusts and honey and unshaven and rough to say the least. But not only did he eat honey, he gave the words of eternal honey from his life, from his mouth. The words of milk and honey. The words of Jesus Christ. You see, today we have turned the role of preacher and pastor into some kind of a status symbol. And we have turned it into something that people want to put up on a pedestal, put a name on a billboard, put a picture up there. Uh, they want it to be a, a social media event. They want it to be a crowd draw. They want it to be some type of a motivational event. They want all kinds of pomp and circumstance around it. But that's not necessarily God's plan for the people that He calls to preach and to bring the message of repentance and salvation into the hearts and the lives of those who desperately need it today. God calls and prepares those He calls. God doesn't necessarily call those who stand in line to volunteer. God has it in His day, in His plan, in His purpose, the people that He wants to call and He wants to use. Folks, we got to get back to a realization that God's in charge. That God is in control. That it isn't us. It isn't the church leaders that are in control. It isn't the pulpit committees that are in control. It isn't the denominational heads that are in control. It is God. It is God. And when we get back to the point where we're willing to repent of our pride and our arrogance and our sin and let Him have control over His church once again and let the head of the church let Christ have His rule and His reign, then we can see revival march across this land. When we get out of the way, when we move our, when we move all of our bylaws, when we move all of our hindrances, when we move all of our voting restrictions, when we move all of that stuff out of the way, and we let the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of Heaven have His way and move in our lives and direct us and lead us and follow the teachings as they are in this Word, we can see revival. Quit cherry-picking it. When we quit shortening the verses of Scripture, when we quit making a sentence where God puts a comma or a semicolon or a colon. When we stop asking questions where He puts a period and 
when we ask questions when we should folks if there's any failure in the church today it falls on us it doesn't fall on God if there's any failure in following the word of God today it doesn't fall on God it falls on you and I we are the ones that have let him down we are the ones who have abandoned his word. John the Baptist preached, There cometh one mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. It will do us good when we find that spot in our life too. When we realize it is Jesus who is above us and we are below him and we're not even worthy to unbuckle his sandals. That's where we stand. When Jesus sat in the upper room and he washed the feet of the disciples, he gave an example of what our service to him was supposed to be like. We were supposed to be willing to take the dirtiest, the most humble, and the meekest jobs that are in, the, that, that are in God's hands and do them as if we were doing them to the Lord himself. And yet we often thumb our noses at getting our hands dirty. We thumb our noses at personally getting involved. We're okay writing a check and putting it in an offering plate or putting it in an envelope and sending it away to someone else and pay them to get their hands dirty and get involved. How often and how frequently do you get out of your comfort zone and do you really get involved in doing God's work? Personally, out of your pocket financially, not taking it to a church to fund and finance. I do regularly. And I didn't say that to lift myself up. But some of you are already asking the question, well, what about you, preacher? My wife and I fund ministry out of our own pocket. I have never bothered a church to, with the burden of any expense that God has laid upon me personally. Even when I was pastoring, even when I pastored a traditional church, I did not ask them. I let them know where God was leading me. And I let them know the door was open if he led them to be involved. But I never expected it. Folks, when God calls us to do something, he empowers us to do it. He provides a means for the resources. If you feel like God is calling you to do something today and God has not provided you with the resources to do it yet, through yourself, or through a church or someone that's voluntarily coming forward 
then you better rethink what your feelings are. Because it may not be God as much as it is you. And you can get yourself into a lot of trouble volunteering to do something for the Lord that He isn't calling you to do. Yet when we do, do we do it with humility? Do we do it with meekness? Are we doing it to our fellow man and with our fellow man and toward our fellow man as if it was the Lord Himself? Are we doing it knowing that Jesus should have all the glory for it because we're not even worthy to unlatch his shoes? You see, John the Baptist ended here, or Mark ended with John the Baptist here. Indeed, the Baptist says, I have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, speaking of the day of Pentecost for the church. The church today seems to forget about the Holy Ghost. We want to brush it aside as being one of those charismatic movements. No, it isn't. The Holy Ghost is very real today. He's very real in the life of every born-again Christian. He's very real in the life of every lost person today. It is the Holy Ghost that is calling you to repentance, lost person. It is the Holy Ghost that is calling you to follow Christ, Christian. It is the Holy Ghost that is telling us all to remember the lowliness of our position before Christ. It is the Holy Ghost that is calling us to remember the reality of repentance and what it means. What the real remission of sin is. We can't discount the Holy Ghost. We can't discount His work. We can't discount His gifts. We can't discount anything that He is. We can't pick and choose and push one aside and keep the other. God is a triune Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It is our job, church, to put them in their proper place and for us to assume our proper place. It is our job to show repentance and preach it so that there can be remission of sin. Some of you watching today need to be saved. You need to repent. You need to seek Jesus and ask Him to forgive your sin for the remission of it. Some of you watching today need to renew your walk with Christ. You need to repent. You need to repent of those things that you have wandered back into that stand between you and Christ. You need to look for, search, and reach out to the Holy Ghost to work and to move into your lives to lead and guide and direct. We all need repentance. We all need to know our rightful place before Jesus Christ. And we all need to know 
that the Holy Ghost is still very real and very active. So as we close in prayer this morning, will you repent? Will you seek Christ on God's terms? Or will you continue to seek Him on your terms? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as I bow before you today, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the moving of the Holy Ghost in this service and in this message. Dear Lord, I pray that you were glorified and you were lifted up. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Jesus Christ was placed in, in his spot, in his rightful spot at your right hand today. Heavenly Father, I pray the Holy Ghost was renewed in hearts and lives today. Lord, I pray there are those that are repenting right now. Lord, I pray that any repentance that's needed in my life, that I reach it out to you right now and give it to you and ask you to move in my life. Lord, I pray for a humbling and knowing where Christ is in my life, where he stands, where he sits, where he is at, and where I am in his service. Lord, thank you for the humility of being able to serve him. Thank you for the humility of being able to preach his word. And Lord, I pray that souls are saved. I pray that those who have wandered have returned back into your service. Lord, until next time when we can open your word again, may Jesus be lifted up and glorified. In his name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Remember the veterans. Remember those who have given their lives for your freedom. Remember most of all Jesus Christ as he gave his life for your spiritual freedom. Until next time, may God bless you is my prayer. Goodbye.